0: All right. Whenever you're ready, Brian. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So uh, I'm here speaking with Brian Sarabian. Is that the right way to yes. say it? Yes. Awesome. And uh, and Corey O'Brien and and uh, Corey is from Swirl. How? What's the full? the full name, Swirl, Swirl Integrated Marketing Integrated Marketing out here in San Francisco, and Brian, you are the uh, lead person here with the San Francisco Giants. The world
1: champion San, San Francisco that's Giants, that's correct.
0: That's right. Uh, George George Bush came to Facebook recently and uh, they got a little ding in there for him uh, talking about uh, the, the baseball and Absolutely. he had a little sour face realizing he was in the home of the Giants. Um, I wanted to ask you a few questions because uh, just before I started recording, you were mentioning that this is the first year that you really implemented um, social media as part of the Giants organization um, marketing. Um, my first question is, what made you take that leap? What, what kind of convinced you that it was something that somebody had to, let alone, you know, yourself, you spend most of your time doing that, had to dedicate uh, some time too for this last season.
1: Well, me personally, I actually left the Giants in '08 and then just came back in January. And I was, you know, really the management that recognized that, you know, there was there were different departments using social media, but the Giants didn't have one person and didn't have a strategy. So I think you know the organization itself really recognized how important it would be to. Uh, To have, you know, someone in place and to have, you know, the Giants utilizing it um, based on, you know, our specific needs and what we need to do to sell tickets, what we need to do to gain brand recognition. So um, kudos to them because I know a lot of companies, the, the first struggle they have is convincing upper management. So in this case, I think our upper management recognized it was important. And of course, we're, you know, right here in the hub of it all. And I think, you know, we have some very progressive clients and season ticket holders, and uh, we're trying to stay, you know, uh, cutting edge in in the world of not just sports, but of entertainment. So um, I was brought on to kind of make sense of it all and to figure out uh, how to navigate the social media waters for the Giants. Now, it um, it
2: was also in response to the community, I think, in a large part, because... The Giants' social accounts, um, you know, specifically for Facebook, I think, were started by community members, if I'm not mistaken. So that it's not that the giants went out and created a Facebook account and then suddenly people, uh, you know, became fans of that. The fans themselves created an account, um, it, it got passed from fan to fan, and it kind of gained popularity, um, and then the giants kind of recognized that... This community existed and this community was was out there already and, and sharing, so you know, we should participate and we should help to grow it and build it. So um, you know, I think the community itself played a large
0: part in showing interest in some of these accounts. So that's interesting. Then then how did you go about um, did you bolster what they were already doing? Did you go ahead and, and try to, to find a way to take those over from those folks so that you could really get behind them? How did how did that play out when you decided to um, to create your own properties or, or giant owned properties?
1: You know, I think in the, the first step was really taking inventory, and just learning where our fans are, um, what we were already doing as an organization, and then what made sense for us. So I think we really, um, you know, we really focused our energies on, on two of the, the main social networks, Facebook and, and Twitter, um, and we wanted to create a, a presence, uh, a heavy presence on Twitter. We felt that there was a huge opportunity for growth um we saw what some other teams and, and specifically some what companies were doing and thought well this is a great way to communicate with our fans um both here in San Francisco and, and around the world um and then you know just the and notice what everyone else is is doing out there there's a lot of great blogs out there um so i think step 1 was just recognizing and understanding and listening to what our fans are saying and where they're saying we didn't we didn't want to take over any accounts we didn't want to uh uh, leverage anything quite yet, but I think in the beginning it was okay let 's let 's create a plan and a strategy based on what people are doing now and and what we 're doing um, and instead of doing everything at once, I think you know we said okay well let 's just focus on our twitter let 's focus on Facebook um, and then of course our website we have we have a lot of uh, interesting you know we have some blogs we have a a, a video. Uh, content. Uh, Our production team here, SFG Productions, provides a lot of content, so it was uh, taking some of those resources and and putting them all online and really utilizing that in our social sphere.
0: So, I want to get back to that and how you're integrating that social stuff into your website, but really quickly so I make sure that I set the stage a bit. We introduced you, Corey, but what what contribution did you and, and Swirl have to what the Giants are doing with social media? Sure. So, Brian, you know, is really doing
2: a lot of the day-to-day and and um, running the accounts and uh, posting the, the updates and the photos and things. And Swirl um, initially helped a little bit with kind of the technical side of making sure all the Facebook pages were set up correctly, um, providing the branding for things like the Facebook, the Twitter account, uh, and creating some of that look and feel to match the campaign that was ongoing. And then as the season progressed, um, we would work with Brian on an ongoing basis to uh, you know, support his role internally at the Giants with external support, whether it was helping to set up events, whether it was um, just kind of brainstorming ideas and looking at, okay, here's the calendar of events that we have coming up. How should we support
0: that? Should we look at Twitter? Should we look at Facebook? Because you guys at Swirl are already working with the Giants, and so this was a natural extension of some of the other creative and marketing and, and so services that you were providing, right? Exactly. Yeah. So Swirl, um,
2: you know, handles uh, a large part of the Giants' marketing, and so this was an extension of that. It gave us a chance to help with the social media side of things, um, and but you know, Brian. Can navigate much better being internal. He can navigate all the the pieces and parts needed to get stuff in place, and so we were able to you know support him um, as needed uh, to you know in in
0: a variety of capacities. But so so how important do you think it is for? Um, it sounds like what you said is you said you guys set the foundation at Swirl, mm-hmm. but obviously the inside man, the person who was. Directly embedded in working with the giants mm-hmm. was it was an important factor. Rather than you guys just simply saying, "Oh, we can go ahead and, and cover it all." Mm-hmm. Um, so, Brian, how important do you think it was to have in having Swirl at, at initially helping you set that foundation um, in, in, in transitioning over to from not doing much of any of this at all to you know doing that full bore this year?
1: Uh, it was it was a, a tremendous. For me personally, it was a tremendous advantage. Um, I felt I had some of the instincts of, you know, uh, the Giants brand. I I could navigate, you know, the internal departments and, you know, and I could explain we have a lot of restrictions being a Major League Baseball team of what we can and can't do online. Um, With that being said, you know, Corey really helped me, you know, learn some of the new technologies and and we, we would talk openly about strategies and, I'd have an idea and bounce it off of him and he'd have ideas and bounce it off of me so I think coming from two different worlds we would you know find a lot of uh, ways to work together and and uh, kind of learned a lot from each other I think so I think I would teach Corey about you know how uh, how dysfunctional we could be sometimes but uh <laughs> but but on the other side of it you know there were, we we focused I think on a lot of what we could do and maximize that so I think uh, Corey's experience and expertise was uh, was priceless to, to me and to the Giants and it really helped us get to where we are today.
0: Did it also help in buy-in? You know, like you were saying, it, it's, it's something new and, and this has been my experience that there's usually um, a sense of, of buy-in that has to be um, uh, you have to obtain that from your management, right, in order to say, yeah, we're willing to spend money on this. We're willing to spend time on this. We're willing to expose some things we might have not exposed before. So uh, it, it, does it help to not be kind of the solo individual yeah. pioneering this year? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, especially
1: for someone as, you know, I, I consider myself an enthusiast, a student of social media, nowhere you know, near the experience of someone like Corey. So I, I think it helps when I can bring in his point of view to certain campaigns or certain, uh, uh, you know, projects that we want to uh, go through and, and try. And and if and I think, you know, uh, it helps to use Corey as a resource and it helps to use me to communicate with our management because there's a trust level with me as well. And so I think when you bring the two of us together and we both agree on something um, and I kind of buy on, there's a lot of things that Corey would bring up that I would tell him why they, they couldn't work or why, you know, Perhaps it was you know not worth our time because it, just restrictions or, or um, you know challenges within our organization or within you know our what we have to do uh, in order to to run eighty one home games. So um, I think through you know the first six months it was a lot of learning, and then the next six months was well it was you know really a lot of progression, and we were, you know, a well-oiled machine in terms of what we had accomplished, so.
0: Well, then, how how has social media and everything you've done this year changed the way that you've been engaging fans, or the, the way that the Giants have engaged fans in, in years past?
1: I, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, you really, and this can go for any company, is that you could just run an entire season, run events, and the way you judge... How successful something was, or you know, was just based off your own interactions with a few fans, or just what you experience now. Um, you know, we're engaging with fans in real time. We know what they're thinking. We know you want to know what the sentiment is. I mean, they'll let you know instantly, and it can change throughout the three-hour game. Um,
0: does that impact anything that you do? I mean, have you ever kind of played an audible all of a sudden? Oh, and yeah. said, uh, yeah. You know that's the wrong sport, right? But <laughs> but uh, have you ever just gone and changed something? Uh... I, you know, I,
1: I mean, one thing comes to mind. I remember we got swept by the A's, and uh, I mean, the baseball season itself is a roller coaster. But you know, the the fan sentiment just changes so quickly, and I I think the one thing we learned was you just. You know, when you can really sense that the fans are, you know, passionate. We have very passionate fans. So that, you know, you you swing. And I'm a fan as well, so I can feel the pain as well. But you try to stay, you know, on even keel. Uh, After that point, you know, we realized, boy, you know, we need need to take a breather and, you know, maybe our marketing, maybe slow down a little bit on that Monday, Tuesday, maybe a moratorium to let people kind of catch their breath, let the team get back to, uh, you know, winning a game or two or just – you know, it's a 162-game season, as they say, the cliche. It's a marathon, but uh, wait, so we learned a few things. But I think it, it's changed the way we kind of look at, uh, you know, market research. It's real-time market research, and I think for me, the one thing I really instill is that we should listen first. And you know, we're not. This isn't just another marketing channel. It's it's a channel of engagement, and that we're we are listening to every fan. We're we're talking to them. I'm talking to them as I, you know, converse with you. I'm not just putting spam messages out there. And you're
0: talking as the organization, right? Absolutely. So when people are interfacing with you, they're they're interfacing with the the Giants logo, the giant's brand. Yeah, and you know,
1: I, I mean I guess I personally and I've seen it done a few different ways, I personally thought it wasn't important for people to know who I am, but it was important for me to talk like a real person, and, and to talk to when I needed to talk offline with someone, I would connect with them when they had questions. But to talk to people like people, not as a brand, but not to reveal, hey, I'm Brian Sarabian the the person. That was just our own choice. And there's actually another gentleman who also runs a Twitter account that handles more of the the baseball operations side and the official uh, any transactions that happen and the game updates. So between the two of us, we kind of handle the Twitter account. Um, So that that was just the the direction we chose and I think it struck well with fans um, who... I mean to me personally it was really exciting to see the way that they responded when I would talk to them directly or answer their questions. We try to answer as many as we can. So,
0: so what's um, the, the normal type of uh, interaction you have with people? People asking questions, you're sharing information about... I, I've seen a lot of things where you're talking about, uh, you know, what happened at the end of the game, if there's something that's happening before the game, if there's a switch in the, in the lineup, things we, yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: tra- I mean, you know, our fans, I think, it, to me, Twitter is just uh, so valuable to the diehard fans who wants to know every and anything, you know, we, we put our lineups up there first. We don't do too many updates, but we'll do maybe three or four key updates throughout the game. Um, so people who are watching the game, but you know, I'll, I'll be actively monitoring that all day and through the game. So if, uh, I'm, I'm monitoring what, you know, the conversation is, what are people talking about? Is it about the giveaway that we gave out? Um, we gave away, uh, They're they're pseudo-Snuggies, but in essence, they're orange Snuggies, and it was just, we could tell that there was a lot of demand for them by the way that there was chatter when we released the promo schedule. That night, there was lines out the door to get them, and people were sharing photos, all game of them in their Snuggies, sharing stories about how they were selling them for $50 or for food and beverage trade, and we were sharing that with our fans. So there was almost this community, and there was a lot of people who couldn't come to the game, and you almost... You almost want to give them a sense of like this is you know it's great to be a fan but you're really missing the experience if you're not here live but we want to share that with you as well so you get a sense of that with photos, with retweets of stories, um, and we try to answer every at at reply that we get.
0: So how do you measure success? Right, this is this is all well and good and everything but you're doing it for a reason not just to not just to be a, a favorite of the fans and give them uh, an idea of what they're missing alone. As an organization, what do the people that you answer to what do you show them to 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 prove that there's something going on here
1: you know i I mean I think initially it was the growth of the number specifically Twitter and Facebook um, it was you know then you know we, we continue to grow and we continue to surpass other teams um, and then it was you know maybe it was the number of hashtags or the number of at replies uh, we could tell that more and more fans were, were utilizing. Um, there were certain specific deals that we gave out specifically on Twitter and events that we did specifically that had positive net results. Others maybe not. So
0: you were able to track those independently. Yes.
1: Yeah. We track every every kind of link uh, that we post. will have a tracking code that we can tell specifically. How how many tickets? How much uh, revenue was made from that link per se? So I mean, th- there's a way that we could say, oh, you know, X number of dollars or tickets were sold for this event uh, via Twitter, or via Facebook. It, it, that's not the only measure, but it's definitely one of them. So um, I, I think just generally, um, th- this year was seen as more of a you know year one growth and experiment and try some things. Do you know we, we had nothing to compare it to, so. Um, and obviously, when you end up winning a World Series, it, it helps too. And we had a winning season. But getting to that point, you weren't even sure if you were going to make the playoffs. So I think April through September was really successful, based on what we were able to accomplish with a number of the initiatives that we tried out. And then once we got to the postseason, it was, I think, we were well in place to take advantage of the success of the team in the on the field.
0: So it was a, coincidental that social media. It was your first year implementing it, and you guys won the World Series, huh? Look, I'm,
1: I'm no, uh, I'm no detective here, but you can make your own conclusions. I mean, I come back, the team takes on social media, they win their first World Series. I don't know. You can. Uh, I'm not going to say anything on record, but yeah, it is. It's 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 a it's a great feeling, and I mean I, I mean the things that I've been able to experience through the eyes of social media this year are just phenomenal. I mean it, it really has been a, uh, it's been a a, a great year for me personally, so. How
0: how has, um, have the, have the, the players reacted to, you know, potentially being there and, uh, you know, taking photos of them or behind the scenes and those, those types of things and sharing them, how have they reacted?
1: You know, I, part of me thinks they don't really know. They're just so used to being out there and having different things. They've had, uh, um, They've been in the limelight, so they know it. So I think you know we were really careful about you know going too behind the scenes. I mean, obviously there's areas that are just uh, uh, off limits, and you, you want didn't to respect. go in the
0: locker room after. I, I game was in, or anything You like know, that. I did
1: go in there after, and you 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 <laughs> go in there though when the press was in, in, allowed in there. So you know, so anything that another camera from you know local news channel or ESPN would show, you know, I felt was okay. You know, there were times you know they're in there with their families and. I I didn't think that was appropriate, and you kind of give them their space, and I think it's very important to have that, you know, trust and that credibility uh, because I have access to a lot of things. Not that there's anything bad, but you just want to give the players their privacy. And, you know, in general, I think baseball is maybe on the lower end in terms of uh, social media. I mean, we only have one active tweeter right now on our roster. Uh, There was a few other guys that had a bad experience a few years back, and I just think it's... You know the grind of the season. I mean, there's not a lot of downtime, and um, it's it's. You know, I think maybe a younger generation. We're seeing more younger athletes engage a little bit more, and uh, maybe athletes at the end of the end of their careers who want to transition to something. So we we try to take, you know, from from the Giants' angle, what our fans want to see, and try to give them as much behind the scenes, and and oftentimes it's just before the gates open. You know, batting practice. Mm. Like you said, you know getting off a bus going to a, a game um, or you know it's it 's on the on the field that they don 't see maybe up close and personal
0: so I want to wrap it up with a, with a few quick questions because I want to make sure I hit this and um, i 've heard that you guys implemented some geolocation aspects to what you were doing with social media so you you previously talked about Twitter and Facebook, but they're was uh, were some foursquare elements, right? That you guys implemented as well. I'm interested to know what what made you decide to do that, and were there any um, uh, any benefits that you found from that? Because obviously, this is AT and T Park, and and uh, it is a, a a location. It's a destination. Um, what were your insights on that?
1: Uh, and, and this was really Corey. I'll let him talk a little bit more on it. But I mean, I think essentially, we didn't do anything on foursquare. We our fans were checking in, and if you look at, you know, I think we're the leader in San Francisco, this venue, and we're the leader in sports venues in terms of fans checking in, and that's because, you know, most of our fans are very, you know, social savvy with smartphones and, and understand the technology. So, I, you know, and I think we were somewhat precluded from doing, you know, too many things on there, but it, but we at least watched the check-ins, and we monitored, and we saw that there were, you know, there is something there to check in, and we didn't offer any discounts. We didn't really um, do what other brands have done. So essentially, we were there, and we noticed fans leaving tips. And um, I think there's a lot of potential for that. But I think Corey really was the one who who understood and pushed the technology. Um, and that that's a perfect example of something that I learned from him. That I I knew of Foursquare, but I didn't really understand. You know, well, what, how can the Giants you know use this or or you know in theory use it. Um, and we just kind of allowed the fans to kind of, you know, check in, and we watched, and you know, we're analyzing all the results, but specifically, you know, the geolocation.
0: And you did uh, some tweet ups and things over here, so uh, you actually made specific days to have a bunch of the, the Twitter fans uh, who who were active on, on Twitter talking about the Giants and so on to come here and, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it was get a discount or or get a, a freebie as they come in and so on, but I know that there was at least two of those events that you guys supported in, and included in the, in the season.
1: Yeah, you know, our special events department does a great job. They have a, a lot of events like, uh, you know, Irish Heritage Night. There was a Jerry Garcia Night. Uh, we've done Carlos Santana Night, so... This idea was something that we talked about and and said, you know, let's reach out to the technology community that may or may not be Giants fans. We were, I think at the time, we were under 10,000 followers on Twitter, so we we didn't really have a huge Twitter audience for the Giants, per se. But, um, you know, Twitter incorporated, it's, it's hard to call them an entity, but they actually were very helpful with us and, you know, they helped promote the event.
0: Um, and, you, and you're right here in the same we're city right, as Yeah, them, we're, so. we're down
1: the street from them. So Jack Dorsey, who is you know, on their board and now the founder of Square, and Biz Stone, who is you know the former CEO and still very heavily involved, they were both here, which I think drew a lot of attention. Uh, one of our players who tweets the, the lone tweeter, Jeremy <laughs> Affelt, was here. And uh, yeah, we, we created this just kind of event. We didn't really know what to expect, but it was, uh, I think we sold 700 tickets for that event. But the, you know the national attention and at least in the tech world was was huge it was phenomenal so there were some
0: PR uh, yeah and there was there. a lot
1: of people you know conversing with us via Twitter just you know saying I wish my team would do this or what a cool event and mm-hmm. um, so it, it was one of those events that you know was really successful and we're looking to do and we did a smaller one towards the end of the year um, but we found that you know that first one really was uh, was exciting it was in a great location and yeah Corey was Involved with helping us get the word out, and uh, it was something new for us to, to try out.
0: Hmm. So, two last questions. So, one is, uh, what do you what do you have planned that you want to do to push the envelope now that you feel a little bit in the groove in regards to social media this year? What do you want to try out next year? Are you looking to uh, to, to to add something different to the to the arsenal of social media weapons you have?
1: Uh, it's 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 a. I mean. It's amazing how fast everything changes. I mean, we finished the season in October. Um, the last few months I've watched, you know, now the NBA and the NFL try some new things. And we don't always compare ourselves to sports leagues, but uh, it, it's amazing how uh, how much you can do. So I think, yeah, there's a lot. In, and we, we were talking earlier today about, you know, some key events and strategies. And I think, for one, we want to integrate it more into the overall uh, marketing and and our overall um, you know entertainment here at the ballpark. I mean we we have the Wi-Fi capability here. Uh, we do a lot of great interactive um, initiatives already, so I think there's a lot that we can add to the AT&T Park experience. I don't want to get into details, but um, we're still in the planning stages, and we're still I think we're still hung over from that parade that we had a, few, <laughs> a month ago. So, uh, but but we're definitely I think. Um, there's a lot of uh, excitement about the season to start, so we're we're trying to put uh, our ducks in a row for that and get ready to go.
0: And from, from both of you, you and, and Corey, uh, what Corey, what suggestions do you have? Will uh, give me your best suggestion in regards to how, um, what you learned from this experience, and how agencies like yours can work with you know, large brands like that and to, to help them on their on their way. And then, Brian, I'd ask quickly the, the same from you in regards to um, the advice that you have for agencies who want to work with uh, organizations like sure. the Giants and so on. How, uh, y- y- your best lesson that you learn from this for them to kind of take in mind as they try to engage with folks like you.
2: Sure. Well, I think specific to the Giants. The Giants are are a kind of unique case, but what we learned a lot this year was um, how to work within some of the restrictions placed upon the Giants as a team. So, you know, it's not like a company where they're only answerable to themselves and you can go out and do anything you want. You know, the Giants are part of a large organization being Major League Baseball, there's other teams and so you know anything the Giants do has an effect on not just their own community but other teams' communities in major League baseball as well. So a lot of what we learned this year and specifically working with Brian was how to navigate that and how to really get the most of the opportunities that we pursue. So you know we we looked at um, you know Foursquare and Twitter and Facebook and how do we really, um, optimize those and and work with MLB to to promote those and and really get the get the um, word out there in a way that that still works within you know what MLB is comfortable with and what other teams can then learn from and incorporate themselves.
0: Great, Brian. What what advice do you have for uh, for agencies or consultants that want to work with companies like the Giants?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like any agency or consultant. It's really understanding your, you know, client or your, and, and, and it, you know, I think everyone is unique in their own way, but yeah, I mean, I think that the Giants brand is, is, is unique to Giants fans and, and operates a certain way. um, And with, you know, what Corey was talking about the restrictions. So I think there's, you know, to really have a, I mean, take a lesson from social media and listen and listen and learn and you know, before you just, you know, take case study from other companies and other teams and try, Um, and then I think it, it, I mean, uh, I think I'm extremely lucky to have this position, but I think the Giants are lucky to have someone like me um, that is, you know, dedicated to the team and works for the team as opposed to an outside agency or consultant running that because I, you know, I'm here day to day. I, I have relationships with the people. I... I'm living and dying with you know what's going on i'm I'm checking Twitter accounts you know at you know midnight and waking up at six a m and checking it on the weekends I'm watching games I'm heavily invested in it um and uh and I'm very passionate about the brand as well, so I think I care a lot um not to say that you can't care if you're an agency or consultant, but I think that you know it definitely if you can you know find someone from within. And I think it's a it's a great this is a great um, example of how an agency can help and work together, and you know as long as you know the person in charge is open and um, I think I'm open most of the time although you know we and I think it's good to disagree and you know and, and look at all different angles but I think yeah it, it definitely can work and but I think understanding um, you know when to push things and when not to and and uh, and also that you know we're we're slow to change. Probably sports is very traditional in its ways, uh, in general. So we're just getting there along the way. And I think the social media world and the technology world moves so quickly. We're we're still at square one and square two, but we're you know we're we're coming behind. So. And I think just to add to that quickly, um, the
2: Giants in social media it's an interesting. Um, it's interesting because it's such an offline experience, so going to a ballpark and watching the team play and experiencing that is very offline. So I think it's been important for the Giants to succeed with social media, to have somebody like Brian who can really dedicate a lot of time to you know keeping up with the team and being there on the ground and, and being at the games. and. it's not like a traditional social media account where you can you can run it from afar and you're just posting twitter updates and things it really needs somebody like brian that can that can be at the games can take the photos can interview the players can share videos and that type of thing so that's that has helped with with our relationship is that swirl you know it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for us to have somebody being as involved with the team as Brian is able to be, so it's it,
0: so like the can, embedded reporter and the uh, and the news outlet per, per se, day. right? Yeah,
2: yeah. So right. we, you know, we can help with the strategy and we can help kind of facilitate things. But then, you know, Brian is great for being able to navigate within the Giants and also just be that person that's there, managing the account and running the day-to-day operations.
0: Well, great. I appreciate the, the time that you, you spent here and the prediction for 2011, right? Yeah. The Giants all the way?
1: Repeat. Let's do it again. The, Absolutely. The, beard, the
0: Beard's going to be as long as Easy Top by the I, time, You know, that's uh, a great question.
1: The be- I mean, I, the Beard probably has its own social media strategy as well. So <laughs> it has we'll, its own we'll, Twitter we'll, account, I think, doesn't it? There's there's a few uh, unauthorized accounts that, yes, we, we watch and monitor closely, but, uh, yeah, they're they're out there. The Beard took... The beards, I should say, took a life of their own. So you never know with this team, what they have in store. You know, when, once you think you figure them out, they and that's what makes it so fun. We got a great character base here, um, and everyone seems to be set in place. And our fans, again, the enthusiasm is is pretty amazing. Uh, with with what we saw with the parade and now the trophy, and we're making an announcement next week. Follow the Giants on Twitter, SF Giants, to see when the uh, trophy is coming to a town near you here in northern california or the state of new york
0: in the state of new york going back too. to
1: its home roots absolutely. oh that's right that's yeah. right 52 years is it it's been uh, since 1958 so yeah this will be the 53rd season in san francisco
0: well great congratulations you guys you did some uh, great work and i'm here in the bay area and you've reminded me uh, what it's like to actually like a team in the bay area <laughs> so that was uh, <laughs> so that's uh, that's awesome so thanks again for your time
1: thank you